Oh my god. How cool. I love that. So exciting. Wow. Hi, I'm Pip and this is Jumbled Loves a Chat. Amazing. Love that it. Is stunning. That is like so flipping true. Let's come and get your coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that. Today's guest is one of the three women that I sleep with every single night. What first started as a bright, colourful bedding brand quickly expanded into a global, vibrant lifestyle concept with a cult following. They are all about joy, laughter and the colour of life and that's why I think I love them so much. So it just gives me the greatest pleasure today to welcome Kate Heppel from Kip & Co to Jumbled Loves a Chat. Hi, Pip. Thanks Hello. for having me. <laughs> we've been talking for so long before we've even pressed record. But I know, so it's what just, are we going to talk about now? <laughs> I know, but it's just really nice to um, catch up. And, and that's, I think that's been the best thing about being the podcast is like actually sitting with someone talking one-on-one and finding out more about them. You know what I mean? In this day and age, it's like we must catch up and you never do. It's actually something I found through COVID is um, getting back on the phone to my friends. Yeah. We all just started text messaging each other so much and there's always so many WhatsApp groups going on that I probably stopped calling a lot of them and actually just lying on the couch and chatting to them for 30 minutes. Yeah. Isn't that special? Yeah, it's been cool. I've actually, someone just asked me what I found through COVID and I was like, phone calls with my mates again. I know because sometimes you see, you know, no one answers their phone anymore. No. 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 Bring, but, bring back answering the phone. Yeah. So you, Kip & Co was the first brand that I ever picked up when I launched Jumbled and you were at a tiny would you say one by one metre stand? Was it even yes. one metre? Yeah, they were. They were one by one metre stands at um, Life and Style. And I didn't know that about you because, but what I do know about us is that you were one of our first stockers. Yeah. Well, that was my first trade fair. So I went there. I didn't have the shop yet. I was about to open it. And um, I think I was pregnant, really sick and didn't know what I was going to stock, but um, found you guys. And I think... I just remember, you know, the crocodile, the famous crocodile print and the polka dots. And were you wearing capes or something made out of the prints? Yes, we had, we all had on, I remember you actually at that trade show. And we all had on big kimonos that we'd had made out of the sheets. Yeah, yeah. Do you still have those? No, no. But we often like send photos around to one another laughing about what we all looked like on that stand that time. Oh, no. I know a lot of our samples hadn't turned up and we were just like, what are we going to do? How are look, we going to do this? And so. look how much you've grown since mm. then. Like it's actually astonishing and it's not that long a period of time really, is it? 2012? Yeah, eight years. Yeah. So yeah. we better quickly just let everyone know what Kip & Co actually is just in case they've been living under a rock or something. Yeah. Um, so we're, we originally started as a betting business, but yeah. um, we've expanded to into our kind of catch line is, is that we're um, every corner of the house and for everybody in the family. Yes, um, love so that. 
floral, tableware, um, cutlery. Yeah. yeah, a bit of kitchen, bit of yeah, a bit of everything now. Yeah, you really have. It's like a total lifestyle brand now, isn't it? Um, yeah, we we don't consciously think about it and go like, what other rooms can we hit? We just kind of have let it evolve organically and add the products that we felt like were a bit missing in the market. Um, but yes, I guess, yeah, we've ended up a lifestyle brand. Okay. So there's three of you in the business. Can you tell everyone who they are and how you know each other? Yeah, sure. So um, Hayley and I are sisters. Yes. Who's, then, who's the eldest? Hayley. Okay. By, um, yeah, two years. Yeah. Two and a half years. Okay. Um, and then Alex, I met at uni, at Melbourne Uni, and um, we just kind of, we then lived together for a bunch of years and became little besties. And yeah, but then Hayley and Alex now are as best mate as anyone. So yeah, it's oh, three. Isn't that, isn't that lovely? Okay, yeah. so we're going to rewind a little bit. It's a bit like an episode of This Is Your Life. So you and Hayley are sisters. Where did you grow up? And, and what was your childhood like? Um, we grew up in the foot of the Dandenong Ranges. So oh, in Victoria. Pretty. Yeah, it's called Upway. And um, we've got two brothers. I'm the, Hayley and I are the two younger ones. So we've got uh, old, yeah, two older brothers. And um, yeah, we just lived with our folks out in Upway. And we had a pretty, I mean, I guess everyone thinks that their upbringing is traditional Australian. Well, most of us probably do, but I do think ours was. Like we went to the local primary school. Um, yeah, we lived just, I don't know, pretty simple life out there. Dad had his own business, which was an accountancy practice. Ah. Mum focused on the house and worked for him as a secretary a couple of days a week. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was that Do was you life. think with your dad, does he ever help with your accounting? No, not at all. Um, oh. <laughs> both of our parents then passed away when we were... Oh, sorry. Well, that's all right. Um, Dad when I was, sorry, 11, and then Mum when I was 14, both from cancer. Are you so, kidding me? I know. That's... It does feel crazy to me when I tell this story out loud because now my kids are getting close to that age. And... Oh, my God, that's so funny. I was only just... Jess and I were talking about it last week. I swear everyone I've had on the podcast recently have had parents who have passed away really young when they, when they were young that I think it makes really amazing adults. But to lose both is mm. crazy. Like what did you do? Where'd you live? Well, that was always my, my total fear then that my mum would then die and that we'd have to go live with cousins or something. Yeah, well, I think... Go live with cousins? Um, no, we didn't. Um, when, so when I was the youngest and so when mum, yeah, so the second parent that passed away was mum and so I was 14 at the time and our eldest brother was 21 okay. and at the time the law was that a 21-year-old could become the guardian. Oh, thank goodness. So the four of us just lived together. So from, so 14, 16, 18 and 21. Um, How did you buy food though? Or was he working? Uh, Sorry, this is this podcast is totally different. <laughs> um, well, I think mum and by the time they passed away, I think they'd set us up pretty well that yes, we yeah. um, had enough money to get by. And then, so we stayed in our family home out in Upway for about maybe another year or two. And yeah. then both of my brothers were working in the city. 
So then we moved um, into Caulfield and I kept going to St. Margaret's, which is in Berwick, um, the high school out there and just muted. And we had patches where we kind of had cooks and cleaners kind of thing. I can't remember what we used to call them, like a housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just our family is really amazing. We've got a really big family out in Upway. And I guess they just looked after us and others kind of stepped up and, are you big? Are you close to your big brothers? Are they like? Yes, we're like, really. I I do know lots of um, families where the siblings are incredibly close, but we are. I would probably say we're pretty unique. How um, extremely close the four of us are. Yeah, and like, I, yeah, I probably do put it down to our um, childhood because we. That's all we had is each other, and so yeah. I don't know. It's it's ingrained in us somewhere that we can lean on one another. Yeah, and yeah. it's so nice that you and Haley are in business together now. Yes, and we do definitely have days where we fight, and Alex can vouch for that. Um, yes. But we're definitely also those personalities that then go to bed that night and wake up, and it's just a clean slate. Yeah, and you just get over it. That's a good yeah. thing about families. Like, I do, I do think that. Like, if you if you come with that personality, you can have businesses with your siblings. Yeah. Lots of say that's really tricky but I don't know it's probably been what's been good with us is that we can kind of thrash something out both get our opinions out and then the next day kind of land at probably what's the right one yeah so were you both creative at school um I did art all through school and yeah I definitely was probably the one we would say was the most arty yeah um out of even the four of us but no we weren't neither of us like went on to do graphic design or anything Mm. like that at uni so yeah we definitely both loved art and still do it still do certain practices today like we both love ceramics but um do you make so do you make ceramics uh a little bit not nothing that you ever want to see Pip trust me but um yeah we both love having there's a little course nearby that we've both kind of done together oh. out at Kay Clancy that's someone that you could stop oh I have to have a look yeah, I always yeah. love in your photo shoots if mm. anyone wants to go back and look you've always got amazing ceramic vessels either yeah. side like vases have you made those no but oh, both okay. of us definitely I think you're talking about this one over here yeah yeah that's been so many shoots sorry everyone (laughs) if Um, only people could see the vision of um this but but our mum did make a lot of ceramics back in the day and that's in all of our early shoots but every time I basically have a kid they smash another um of the very limited things that I have from my parents but um so annoying well gone I know oh kids breaking stuff that's the annoying thing is that my kids, I'm constantly saying, do not throw the ball in the house. Like do anyway. Yeah. It's always bouncing in the house. So what did you do when you left school? Um, I then went to Melbourne uni and did commerce arts. And that's when I met Alex. She was yeah. there doing arts at the time. That's where she got kind of her media and comms background. Yeah. And um, Hayley, straight from school she did commerce to start with but then dropped out of that and then she did natural medicine to be a naturopath and then she oh. became alex after arts did um law so 
God, yeah. that's handy. You come with a pretty mixed bag of, well, I was going to say skills, but you don't always get the skill just because you study it. No. Well, let's say diverse talents, perhaps. Yeah. And how do you think having those diverse talents has helped you in business? Um, I think there's a major benefit of people that come with um, varied skill sets starting businesses together. I think that's um, a great starting point. If you're going to start a business with someone is choose someone else with a um, different experience so that kind of you get a couple of bases covered. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we came with really diverse backgrounds and that's Mm -hmm. been awesome. Yeah, because did... No, you answered it beautifully. And you and did you and Haley have a store together though as well? Yeah, we owned a health store, an organic grocery store in Hawthorne for four and a half years. Yeah. And then we sold it and he then had it for like five and a half. So yeah, we, we did. And it was really awesome. We absolutely loved it. And Haley had studied to be a naturopath, but didn't really want to do one-on-one consulting. Yes. So at the time, it was a bit of a new concept, but not not completely new, but Everyone that worked at our health food store was a trained naturopath, so you could get on the floor naturopathic advice. Yeah. And that was all, yeah, it was awesome. And I guess then you had a, like a taster of, you know, you then knew you guys worked really well together. Yes, but by the end, I think we did both vow to not do another business together. Oh, so what changed? And then we had a bit of a gap and I worked at Obis and she had Obis, to... the clothing brand. Yeah. The clothing yeah brand. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, and she had a couple of kids. And then when we started talking about um, Alex and I were talking about trying to do a business together. And then when we sort of hit the bedding idea, Hayley was like, I want in. Okay, so was it okay? Because that that was going to be what was that? We had a nice little breather from each other, and then yeah, which we we loved each other endlessly through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like childbirth. You sort of forget, Mm. and then you're like, yeah, let's do it again. This was so fun and easy. (laughs) So really, that so. Is that how, how did Kip and Co start? So it was you and this is what like I'm most interested in or not most interested in, but like, so you and Alex, two friends wanted to start a business together. Was it the, was it the desire to start a business or was it the desire to solve something or was it the desire to create this life for yourself where you could um, own your own bosses? I think it was mainly the first option there, which was a desire to have a business together. Mm. And I think we were probably not very dissimilar to a lot of late 20, early 30 year olds talking about starting a little business and Mm. maybe like getting away from working for others. And we definitely tossed around a bunch of ideas, which I can't remember any of the others now. um, Then actually how we landed at Kip was that I went to America for a wedding and just while I was over there, I really noticed there was a bit of like I mainly went to I went to anthropology. Yeah, and I, I really- loved anthropology. Like a few years ago, I sort of feel like it's lost a little bit now. But isn't it? Wasn't it so inspiring? Yes, it was so inspiring. And just they had a really big section of what I came back, and I was kind of like described it as fashion linen. So betting mm-hmm. that we were following fashion trends and was more colourful 
And when we, and I bought, I lugged one of those big quilted bedspreads that they do that, which we really didn't do here apart from maybe you'd see something like that in Ishka or somewhere, you know, where they'd imported like pallets of product from um, India or somewhere like that. And when I got back and showed it to the girls and kind of was like, there's just like a big explosion of colourful bedding and um, a real thing around it over there we identified that it didn't really exist here. There mm. were nearly everyone we knew was basically buying their bedding at Country Road or Adairs. Yes. Yeah. And both had a, both were doing a beautiful offering but and a, a bit of texture, texture, but mainly really a very muted palette, mm. basically pale pink, grey, white. That would be about it. Yes. So... That's really, and as soon as we kind of hit the idea, we all jumped on it and just thought, yeah, this is it. Let's, so I guess we saw a gap in the market and definitely not for bedding. There was billions of bedding out there, but we did think that in Australia, there was a gap maybe for colourful prints um, and a bit more of fashion led. Yeah. Isn't it interesting then you look like all those other ideas didn't stick because they weren't right and then you just know all of a sudden that it's like right yeah so like i'm fascinated by business names how did you come up with kip and co um we wanted to have a nod to bedding but not feel pigeonholed with Mm. bedding so kip was like a little sleep yeah but then we thought if we add that and added the and co it would mean that we could kind of do everything else that whenever we found something else we wanted to do, we could just add it into the mix and our name wouldn't kind of make that feel weird. Yeah. Um, We came up with about 10 names and sent them out to our main kind of probably about 10 or 20 girlfriends. Yeah. And everyone wrote back little comments and voted on what they liked and, yeah, we landed at Kip & Co. Oh, I love that. Hmm. Now, did you have a business plan when you first started? No. (laughs) No, we didn't. (laughs) I think we probably, we definitely didn't have a physical written business plan, but I do think we probably organically covered off all the topics that you would include in a business plan. So we looked at the current market, who our competitors would be, what our pricing would need to be to sit where in the market we wanted to be. Um, Did we want retail? Did we want to just be online to start with? I think we kind of did it all, but we didn't have a formal document. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Your business plans, it's so essential that they stay as a live living thing and um, so that your business keeps evolving and growing. So in some ways, like a verbal spoken one is, and a living one through your mates is effective, but I'm definitely not saying don't do a business plan if you're (laughs) um, thinking about it. And, and what does the business look like today? How many staff do you have? What kind you um, now global too? Yeah, we, yeah, sort of. No, oh, we well, you know what I mean. Like we're trying. Yeah. Um, so there's, we've got seven staff now. And See, it's such a small but productive and mighty team, really. That's amazing. Yes. You've done all of that with such a small team. Anyway, sorry, keep going. I won't, I'll stop yeah. interrupting. No, I agree. We are tiny. Um, so there's seven staff, seven, sorry, I actually just wrote it down because we've got two new staff members. 
sorry, so we're six full time. Yeah. And we've got two people that work for us, two specialists that work for us one day a week, which is one's a web dev guy. And then one is a bookkeeper slash sort of like management accountant. Yeah. Um, and then there's the three of us. Yeah. So in the six staff members, there's a wholesale manager, an e-commerce manager, a production manager, customer service. That's just one girl at the moment, but she kind of works alongside the e-commerce manager. Um, and then we've got a marketing coordinator and we've got a team administration assistant. So anyone can kind of throw tawny stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and um, but yeah, she's mainly the assistant to um, the e-commerce manager and the wholesale manager. Yeah. And that's the team. Yeah, yeah. we're literal and we love it that way. Yeah. We, we actively want to stay kind of a small team and um, we know, we think that a really good thing to do is to recognise what you're not great at and that's what you outsource. And for us, that's always been the warehousing side of it. We, in the early days, you know, you manage the warehousing and the dispatch yourself because you need to. You can't afford to kind of use a 3PL. A what's, third, a three, what's a 3PL? I don't um, know what that is. Third-party logistics group. Oh, righto. But we definitely, in quite early days, recognised that we didn't want to be, sorry, that was my phone. We didn't <laughs> want to be the people to, um, we didn't want to manage a warehouse and have yeah. our staff and um, be messing up orders. We just wanted to outsource that so in quite like early days probably earlier than what we what a regular business would do we went to a third party logistics group and that's been so awesome so it's a bit expensive but they don't mess up orders they're really quick it's their game they're really good at it and um, so they manage all of our freighting and that's amazing even though like it might be expensive that the benefits to your happiness would be just like so worthwhile spending the money on that. You know, way, way back when you first launched at the trade fair, did you have the vision as to where the business would be now? No, not at all. Um, I just think back then we were just taking it every day at a time. And like Alex kept her full-time job until about three years ago. Wow. Okay. But did you and Hayley, did you do it as your full-time job? Um, we did, but we had little kids. So um, yes. she didn't have kids yet. So it was kind of like her other job was her corporate job where she went yeah. to work every day and our other job was our kids. And ah. um, and then, yeah, but no, the short answer to that is that we never envisaged what this would become. And um, we're so proud and grateful and excited every day for what this business has become because it not just even financially for our families but it's just a really rewarding um business we love going to work every day and I I don't think that's ever changed for any of us along the way isn't that so good I do feel really lucky actually because um you know I've had jobs I still remember a day of when I worked as an accountant before I worked as an accountant for two years in between (laughs) and um between uni and opening the health food store and I remember calling a friend one night and just crying to him saying like I just can't believe I do this as a job 
It's so shit. And was I said, boring or what did, what was so shit about? Um, I sort of, there was this element of accounting and I was in the audit group that I really liked. Like I, I loved going out to businesses and they'd show me from start to finish how they'd make their product and doing businesses where they were physically making a product. Like I remember going to Grey Nichols and they showed me in one day the start to finish of making a cricket bat. Yeah, and cool. Yeah, yeah. It was an awesome yeah. experience to yeah. see. I, I do still remember this day of crying because it was just not a fulfilling job for me. Yeah. Like people, and Alex is probably out of the three of us, she's the most corporate at heart. Mm-hmm. But some people love that and they love going to an office. And the fact that I don't love it doesn't downgrade that at all. It just wasn't. Was it for you? Yeah. Um, and I, I really thought for such a long time that I just wanted to do accounting in-house for a creative environment and that would kind of satisfy me that I'm, yeah, I'm really glad I ended up outside of it because oh. it's better to be on the developing end than just. Yeah, totally, for them. totally, totally. And what, do you have like a ethos or a purpose at Kip and & Co and, and has it, like evolved over the years? Yes, definitely. Um, I think in our early days, um, our ethos was probably more simply around like add colour to your home and, um, you know, particularly kids' bedrooms. We felt really strongly about, um, you know, it's not just their sanctuary, but it should be a space that inspires them and it's cool and comfy and... um, colourful like we we were really like you know there's Inspiring for so them. much belief behind um you know colour therapy and things like that and it's like make your kids bedrooms so colourful that it's not just a place to rest their heads but a place to you know inspire their creativity and their yeah. imagination and just like enjoy it endlessly but so I think it was a bit more simple about just adding colour to your home and um that originally but now um our ethos is probably more so about um, businesses being really conscious of their environmental impact and Mm. what ours is and um, not only just knowing it, but counteracting it. And we're working really hard towards being carbon neutral. That's amazing. Yeah. Sustainability. So what, what's the, like, what are you doing at Kip and Co to be Um, sustainable? It's like a slow process, isn't it? Um, it is, we've been working on it for years though. And from the day we started, we wanted to have packaging, um, that was a reusable bag. Yeah. We didn't want to wrap it in plastic and, um, do things like that. So I do think we've been conscious of it since the day we started, but everyone's understanding and knowledge around sustainability has come so far in the last eight years that Mm. we understand it better now. And it's not just about having a bag made out of cotton but it's like where did that cotton come from and who printed it and what type of inks did they use and were the people in that factory paid fairly and so it's all part of it now for us and um I'd probably say that that's been our biggest focus for the last few years Mm. is really getting our business up to scratch with you know where it should have been from the beginning but um you know, you don't know what you know until you know it. So Totally, totally. Yeah. That's really inspiring. 
a friend of mine actually made a quilt out of all the old um, bags, like a patchwork yeah, cool. I saw quilt. That online, actually. And I was like, oh, I just think that's so cool. You know, yeah. it's really, you know, to put them to good, to good use rather than, um, you know, they make gorgeous bags as well. But I mean, yeah, the patchwork quilt, it was like years of Kip and Co. It's probably like eight years of Kip and Co. So I think that's really, really cool. And it was just part of our plan in the original days to package it like that so that you could reuse the bag for yeah. Lego or lunch bags or whatever you wanted to do. And so we never have really spoken a lot about it. I think they just probably turn up in people's, um, you know, they just get their delivery and they're like, oh, great, rather yes. than it being packed in plastic. It's, you know, in a gorgeous reusable bag. But I personally like it in just... stores so I can recognise it easily mm. on the shelf. Yeah, That's handy. But so we're getting better at talking about the things that we're doing. So yeah, that's good. That's so. good. And I think the more you talk about it, the more it sort of like awakens other businesses as well and, and the mm. consumers to like the reasoning or why you're doing something or what, you know. Yeah, I think it's really important. How did you launch the business? And like what did you get well, made first? How did you even, how did um, you start getting something made? Well, you saw us on the day that we launched, <laughs> actually. So that was it. We decided we made samples and a lot didn't arrive in time. So we just had a, a few pillowcases and I think that was about it. And then we had a bunch of swatches and we made the kimonos out of kind of some sheets that they'd sent us. Um, but, yeah, we hit life in style. And you had, a, you had a photo shoot done already, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, which was Yes, but we had a great amazing. little... Yeah, oh, I don't know if that's but, true. I mean, okay, okay, for today, what you do today is amazing and then you look back at what you did in the past and you're like, oh. But yeah. for the time, it was quite groundbreaking. The yeah, look- and I think it, I, I do think you're right. Like yeah. it was wild. And now when we look at it, we're just like, oh, seriously, do we honestly like throw confetti everywhere? And yeah, but it was, that's right. Throw it. Yeah. And I think we had some kids in costumes and just did some silly stuff. But um But that was like groundbreaking yeah. at the time and very different, you know. So mm. yeah, it's, it's like when you look back at younger photos of yourself and you're like, Wow, I thought I looked really cool then, but oh dear. <laughs> well, that's the funniest when you do that. But yeah, we that was our launch day at Life in Style. And um yeah, we just had a little set of samples, but I if I can give not that you're here to get advice from me, but if I can... No, no, people love Pearls and of Wisdom, you, so go for it. You know this as well as anybody, but imagery is paramount for yes. um, your website and um, all of, like, the social media channels and everything now. Having good photos is kind of the best investment you can make. Yeah, totally. That was one of my questions somewhere written down. But So do you outsource your photography? Um, we do, yes. Um, yes, yeah. always used. We kind of um, seem to, well, we used um, Armel Habib in the beginning. Yeah. Actually, one of our girlfriends shot the very first one. Oh, yes, yeah. Awesome photographer, Ella Deke. She doesn't yeah. really do stuff like this yeah. much, like catalogues, but she's amazing. And she was just a girlfriend and it still cost us a bit, but it was like that was the best way we could have spent our money. So yes. she did have fun. And then we used Armel Habib for a few years. And then we went to Nicole Ramsey. Yeah, she does a great job. And, uh, yeah. And then now we use um, Caitlin Mills. Yeah. And Where they're all you... quite different, Sorry. but uh, yeah. 
I always think your photo shoots, they look very different every time, but you can tell it's your brand. Like where do you find those amazing locations? And yeah, where do you even find those? And what's a shoot day like? That is what all the girls in the store wanted me to ask. It's probably Um, more of a shoot three days with all the products you're now doing, but. Our shoots actually go for five days now. Far, are you just so fried by the end? Yes, but we've learned now to break them up. So we usually do kind of like a couple of days and then we all have a weekend in between and then do a few. But um, Haley's the one that kind of plans the whole shoots. Um, so that takes her ages. So that's from like, a good job. you know, she gets our opinions on things like, do you like this house and stuff? But overall, she really like is devoted to shoots. Um, so. She finds locations often through location scouts, but because that means that all the other brands can kind of use those as well. She does get way more creative and kind of um, contact contacts amazing homes directly that she might see on the design files or um, just through blogs or, you know, just word of mouth. Sometimes, sometimes mm. someone will say to us, oh, my friend's got a wicked farm and then that's what's just happened recently. My friend's got a wicked farm and then we... Um, showed it to us and then she asked her friend whether we could do a shoot there and now we're about to shoot there. Oh, cool. Um, And then she just happened to say to us, oh, there's actually this amazing Spanish villa next door. Um, So now we're kind of doing a double whammy shoot between the two. But, yeah, she, Hayley devotes many, many, many hours planning these shoots Mm -hmm. and then on the day they run pretty seamless. Mm. And um, we also, sorry, we use another photographer whose name's Cricket and she oh, is Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, Cricket's amazing. I can't actually think what her surname is right now. Um, yeah, Cricket Studio or something on Instagram. Yeah, Cricket Studios is a... Um, yeah. Is, um, but she does all of our product and kind of like our on the kids, on oh. like the, we call them, we call them our fashion shot but like our, the kids dressed in the clothes, standing on the psych. Mm. So, and so yeah. spending but, money on photography, especially when you have an online store, is that yeah. just so For us, it's like decking out our um, bricks and mortar store because mm. that's all we've got. Like they're our walls. That's our canvas to work with. So, um, you know, while other people have to pay for the power or the curtains in the store. We have to pay for the photography because that's, they are our bricks. So. Totally. Um, Were you yeah. ever tempted to open a bricks and mortar store? No, Alex, it's yeah. Alex has been interested before, but um, because Haley and I have had the health food store, I think we're just, you just know retail. Yeah. By retail. Yeah. So yeah. we have dreams. We just know that. Yeah, how we would want to do it would be it would be a big deal. Yeah, well, you have it. You have a great online store. Mm. Uh, what what makes a great online store to you? Um, I think just what I've been saying, which is about imagery. Like, just mm. it's a, also about user experience. Mm. So um, that's not incredibly well. Yeah, it's not awfully difficult to get that right, but you still need to be conscious of it. Like how many clicks does it take to get to the cart? And Mm. uh, is my um, SEO performing? You know, do you have a blog? Like there's... I've only just been um, 
I've only just understood SEO in the last like two months. Yeah, none of us. And now my mind is blown. I think it is a bottomless pit, that one. Like you can just spend endless money on it if you want to, but, and we don't, but we've just got a new web dev guy and I think that he's coming with lots of knowledge. So we're hoping to get a bit better at it. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. We've been really lucky actually, Sarah, who's our e-commerce manager. She's really self-taught in a lot of these areas, but she's someone that can read an article online and fully understand it and then just like set about doing it. So um, she, I reckon she's got our SEO all right, but he's going to, you know, help us up our game a little bit. Oh, that's good. I wish I could be someone that read an article and could actually action it. I don't even think I can read anymore. I'm like, oh, Jess, can you tell me? Oh, I can't do that either. That's hopeless. Where do you find your inspiration? Um, we, I think we would all say the same, same answer for this, which is travel. Yeah. And, and where we live. Like Al's just moved from the city to um, Merrick's, but Haley and I have lived coastal for a long time. Yeah. And I think we're heavily influenced just by these coastal lifestyles that we live. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but we all love travel. Yeah. And do you follow trends or are you just making what you love or is it a bit? Um, we definitely aren't consciously following trends, but you know, I think we, um, yeah, I think we just are subconsciously probably following trends. I can't with, yeah, there's, so we're about to launch some slogany kind of teas around. Oh, that's cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah, but and I and I so I do know that's kind of on trend right now. But for us, it was about um, building the story around the launch of our real carbon um, footprint story and um, how. Yeah. So, yes, I think we subconsciously follow trends, but. I do definitely think that, yeah, we don't look to fashion to go, what's in this season? Yes, yeah, it's just like, yeah. No, I get that. That's a great way of putting it. And what's your design process like? Um, So none of us are formally trained in design at all. No one did any design courses. Um, Both Alex and I did arts, but not that type. So our design process is literally the three of us we still 100% design everything but um because none of us are formally trained we then will design a print to basically the nth but then we'll give it to somebody else to technically execute that yeah um and we just really use sarah who's our e-commerce manager she's also in-house graphic design um and then yeah it's really good it's pretty much essential these days for us, given like with the volume of EDMs and um, prints and yeah, just definitely. graphic design that we need every day of the week. We, prob- we probably couldn't afford to use anyone but someone that's in-house. Um, and then we have three freelancers that have worked with us for most of our whole business and they just really understand our aesthetic now and um, they can read our briefs and know what we want. So... We very rarely write a brief and get something back that's just not there. Yeah. um, Yeah, we've gotten good, I think, at really describing what we want. And, yeah, so that's our design process. We do all of the design, Hayley, Alex and I. That's um, in terms of graphics. 
and then sorry oh that's um, okay and then we handball that onto the graphic designers and then um yeah goes from there and so in terms of product we um all kind of bring to the table anything fun that we think there's a gap in the market for so do you have like a regular meeting where you all come together and sort it all out or is it just a as ideas come um just sit down and be like this collection we're going to nut it out we do do a bit of that sometimes we'll go away for two days together but this year's been really different and so now how it works these days is that every thursday is design day oh that sounds fun yeah it's really good so um but some weeks we might be like pulling together a collab or working on you know, there's lots, always lots of different little projects going on. So we'll usually start the day and um, Hayley will have written a little list of like what we're going to work on that day. And, um, but then in terms of like new product design, about once or twice a year, twice a year, we'll have a full strategy day. And part of that strategy day is always what new products do we want to do? Yeah. So you've, it's like you're releasing so many new products. Mm. actually not that many new ones though but we probably do about it feels like it though like it it, it's exciting as a consumer that um it just feels like you're sort of bringing new bits out Mm. and i think that that's how we keep it interesting for ourselves is that we're always working on you know the next little thing we're probably not a very we're a bit unique in how we kind of branch into just like what we want to do rather than what maybe seems like the obvious fit for our business. Yes. We yeah. just got to a point where we were like, we all had lots of little kids and we're like, let's start doing kids apparel. Yes. I love the kids apparel. And I'd love some of it in adult size. Yes. I know every time we have a shoot, everyone's like, do this in adult. Yeah, I know. We end up doing a couple, but. So it's yeah. kind of what you is missing. Like it's a gap in you see different opportunities as your life goes on, like the cutlery or the, you know, the tableware or the dog leads, you know. Yeah. We're so cool. Like we are our customer. And yeah. I think that, so if we keep letting our brand evolve with us, I think, you know, like as we've gotten a little bit older and we've all gotten dogs, we're like, let's do dog beds. Let's do yeah. Um, and then we, as we've had kids, we've like really developed our baby range um and then yeah i think and then as we've gotten a bit more mature and we're hosting people at our homes more we've moved into the tableware and the cutlery so yeah anyone that knows us knows that our homes are a true extension of our brand um there's no doubt that someone from kip and co owns this house and it's not just because there's product everywhere but our bodies our homes truly embody this kip and co what you should do I'm just, it's just come to me. What I'm thinking I need, I would like some really beautiful glassware, like yeah. drinking cups, champagne glasses, like just nice yeah. colours. I see them like overseas, but I just feel like, yeah. anyway. We've talked about them we'd like We would like that. Or some like Murano glass tumblers. Yeah. That something I just, oh, I think. Whenever we, um, there's some amazing ones on matches actually at the moment. Oh. But whenever we bring all these product ideas to the table, we do try to make them kind of fit into the matrix, which is our current business, which is that 
our warehouse kind of can't really do breakables. Oh, yes, of course. Mm. Yeah, breakables. So when it gets a bit of a cross like that, we're just like, too hard. So. Acrylics that look but like, like glass, but I just love, love drinking out of um, nice glass. Anyway, mm. okay. Do you know when a product's going to be a bestseller or is it just left a field? No, we, I think, uh, we're not, we're not all awful at this, but I, I think we can pick which will be probably the strongest print of the yeah. range. Yeah. And, you know, we really invest in that print then in the shoot and make sure we get really good photos. Yeah. Of shots. yeah. <clears throat> um, but no, Tegan just, who's our wholesale manager, she just did this hilarious thing where she asked us all a bunch of questions about which would be the most popular from all of the wholesale, um, orders. And I think Hayley, Alex and I came like third, <laughs> tenth or something in the business. Like we were not leading the pack. Oh, that's so world. funny. I love Tegan. I said that to you before um, you've even started. Yeah, she's, she's an amazing asset to your business and she's just, I love dealing with her. Yeah, we're very lucky. With got gorgeous staff. And you can tell when people have lovely staff that you must have a lovely, um, lovely workplace. Mm. Our culture is cool. We're, because Hayes and I and Alex don't go in every day. <laughs> While the rat's away, the mice will play. Yes, and they do <laughs> yeah. in a really awesome way. And they're just like, yeah, we've got, we're really lucky with our team. But um, we... I think sometimes we don't know how what gorgeous friendships they've all formed until then we will all see them. It's just like, oh, they're honestly like best friends. Yeah. Like between them. So yeah, it's really cool. We've got yeah, we're somehow get the jackpot. How do you like cope with the continuous cycle of like designing a range, but at the same time you're producing and then you're delivering another one that it do you ever do you ever just stop the three of you and look back and or stop yeah. for a second and appreciate where you're at? Yeah, we do. I do think we're really good at um, just recognising how far we've come and yeah. how proud of this little brand we are. Um, so I do think we definitely do that. But I guess how we, you know, keep the flow going when it, you know, it is, it's range after range and it's unrelenting and that, you know, often we'll be wholesaling a range, yeah. retailing a different range, designing a different range. But we've, um, while we're all involved with everything in the business, we have really compartmentalised the business and are all really responsible for different areas. Yeah. And I think that's helped with that because, you know, I'm not involved with production anymore. And so I don't think about that one. The yeah, one that's, that's good. So then one element's just not even there. Completely. So I'm not sure whether Hayley kind of, Hayley and she's, she just oversees her amazing manager, KP, who does the production. Um, but I'm not sure if Hayley ever kind of doesn't see the retail, which is kind of the area that I oversee with the girls. But um, I certainly get to leave production out of my mind and, yeah, I think that's kind of helped to yeah make it going and nice. our head's not exploding. Yeah, and then you've done some really cool collaborations. How do they come about? Um, collabs is my area, and um, they 
come about in all different ways. Oh, sorry. It is like I'm the one that sort of deals with everyone, but, um, but sometimes some of them come through, they contact us and say, um, let's do a collab. And then we all sort of decide if we like the sounds of it and mm-hmm. um, something gets sort of too, our thing in the business is if there's three of us, so if something gets two votes, you kind of push ahead with it. So um, some they contact us, lots we reach out to that we just think would be an awesome fit for us and that we would love to work with. And then, yeah, they're kind of the two ways. We either hit them or they hit us. But yes, um, yeah. And then just internally we decide whether it's a good alignment, what yes. does everyone, what's everyone going to get out of it, Yeah. Um, or is it just a majorly fun thing that we want to do that it doesn't matter whether we are going to get nothing out of it. Um, yeah. That's certainly the case sometimes and, yeah, but for us it's mainly about relationships and who we want to work with. Yeah. And, of course, our one together was amazing. I'm, like, so happy with it. It's so beautiful. But um, what's been the one that's been um, the most exciting, the one you're most proud of? Yeah, we're definitely, I think we would all say the same one again, um, which is the most recent, the um, Barbara... I Women thought you might that. say that one. It's a, it's so special. Uh, we just love it so much. And it was two years of work. Gosh, yeah. two years. Yeah, it was really long project. But in that time, we went up to Man and Greta and we each took one of our kids with us. And where's, you have to tell people where that is and what so it's like. Man and Greta is in Arnhem Land. But, um, so you fly into Darwin and then get a small plane out to Man and Greta. Um, and it was just a really life-changing experience for all of us. And um, it was just, we all know each other's, you know, like I obviously know my sister's kids so well, but it was just a really beautiful, beautiful experience to be the three of us in this amazing place with the artists that we had met. They'd actually come down to Melbourne three times in the oh, time. Cool. Yeah. But we'd only gone up to them once because Arnhem Land, obviously you need permits and everything to get into um and but in that time we we were just we really loved them all we was had so much respect for their art like these women live in awfully hard conditions every day of the week and they're producing some of the most beautiful art that you know is around like to us we just absolutely all love indigenous art but their actual group is just producing stunning stuff um so yeah, it was a long project, but a really special, awesome one. And I think we just all, I don't know, we grew as people through it. We made this amazing relationship with them that I hope lasts forever. Um, and, yeah, we're really proud of this one, actually. It's, yeah. It's oh, I feel like it really um, hit a chord with lots of people as well. Mm. I feel like it just... Um, we went gangbusters online, but I just feel like the imagery was very beautiful, very special, oh, and yeah, it was lovely. awesome to be up there with them and um, see them on their land and their connection to country. When you're actually there, seeing it in the flesh, it's really astounding, and it just I don't know, it moved us all in a way that none of us expected. And yeah, it was amazing. What, what advice would you give someone or a business who was looking at who was wanting to collaborate? What should um, do? Well, I think aim for the stars and just try people. There's definitely a couple of people that we've tried to um, collaborate with over the years and that we've had no's from. 
and we'll just try it Who again. Are those morons. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No harm in asking, hey? No harm in asking. That's what I think. And I do think, um, you know, like try to choose people that feel like a good alignment for your brand, like whether that be that you've got a similar aesthetic or that you align um, in your ethos and how you think about, you know, presenting your product in the world Um, or just demographic, like, you know, some awesome collabs come out of just people that live nearby each other. Yeah, totally. um, Yeah, but I think my advice is just hit them up, see what they say. Yeah. And we used to get contacted all the time and it actually has stopped a lot. Brands don't really... I don't know, I think as you get a bit bigger, they probably think that it's beyond, just, yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, but, um, you know, the same way we hit bigger brands, but sometimes we hit smaller brands and, yeah, I don't know, just pick who you want and aim for the stars. Yeah, I guess it's so you get a mutual, like you both get something out of it. Yes, but it doesn't always have to be, you know, like you definitely leverage off one another in terms of PR and, um, finding customers and stuff, but there's other ways to quantify success and hundred oh, percent. Yeah. It's, it's definitely money's not the, um, top of that list. It's like, yeah, it's, you don't, you never know what people, um, what gives them success and what satisfies them. So yeah, don't be shy to ask people that maybe you feel are outside the realm. Yeah. That's good advice. And what do you love about running your business with your two besties um i just love that i have a job that i love deeply and get to go to work every day and be with my best mates and um there's i love having someone to share the good times and the bad times with and because not every day is awesome and not everything we touch turns to gold that's for sure so um yeah i think the best thing is, is that I'm leaning on and being around the people that I love. Yeah, and that's so nice. Yeah, it's cool. And what do you find is the most challenging part of running your business? Um, just the juggle, I guess, is really, it's every day and it's, um, it's, it's really at the forefront of my mind every day is the juggle between kids, being a good wife, keeping a house, mm. you know, working, fulfilling. You've got little kids too. Yeah, I've got a two, uh, just turned three, three, five and eight. Yeah. Um, and I want to be there for them so much and um, and I definitely am not someone to kind of put work ahead of my family. But that's a juggling act and it's hard to find that balance some days when work needs me, but so do they. So yeah, I think just the juggle is the hardest thing about having your own business and, um, you know, that you you get a return for your work. And so, I don't know, we love it. So we want to be there and give everything to our work, but we love our families too. Yeah. And, yeah. It's so always like time. that scale of like you're doing well in one area, but the other one's suffering mm-hmm. and then you, you know, it's sort of a little juggling act, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. different things. I a lot often and yeah. not you personally, me, women, <laughs> everyone. Sorry, not yeah. just women. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, yeah. So how has COVID affected your business? Like you're still, are you still in lockdown technically? Are you in lockdown um, still? Hayley and I. regionally, so you're a little bit less. 
Yes, but still, we had a shoot a week ago and no one from Melbourne could come. Yeah. So, um, it's crazy. It, yeah. Has it, it affected it? And, and what have you learned? Like, what's, what have you learned from it? Like, what's your takeaway from this shitty time? Um, our takeaway foremost has probably been how amazing our team is. Yeah. Because we definitely had a freak out moment early on in the piece and um, we did pay cuts across the board. Well, everyone took a pay cut. We, yeah. we also took a big one, you know, everyone took a pay cut and the girls just took it in their stride and accepted that that was needed. And we were so lucky that within kind of two months we were able to um, put everyone back up and give everyone that money back. But in, those, in that two months, like, we literally cried saying to them that we're back and everyone's pays are going back up because, but not because of you know fear or anything that was going on because we were just so thrilled with our team and just from all we were and we just couldn't believe how they just stood by us and didn't you know no one said one negative thing they just kind of accepted it and um we learned that day that we have like the best team we could possibly have oh that's so Um, cool yeah we, we just couldn't believe it. So I think that was a big takeaway for us, that we've got this legend team. Um, and I think it's been good for us to maybe diversify our production um, a little bit because we, until sort of this, we really did it mostly in, China, um, in India yeah. and we just did a little bit in China. And so we're just working to spread that around a little bit because you kind of, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. No. Um, so I'd say that was another takeaway from us. But we've also realised that our supply chain is really resilient and um, our, we've worked nearly with all of our factories for the entire time now. Mm. Not all of them. Like, you know, some things haven't, you know, our cutlery people, we haven't been using those for years. But, um, yeah, it's it's robust and they love us and they work really hard for us and we're, yeah, we're, they are part of the team. And I, I think I, we possibly didn't realise that so yeah. much. Well, we were hit with a hard time and we realised that, you know, even in their hard time over there, they've still kind of, you know, stepped up for us and done what they needed to and what yeah. we needed them to. But, yeah, it's been awesome. That's good. A yeah. positive into a negative into a positive, really. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. Hey, yeah. do you have a dream project? If you like dream really, really big. Um there is yeah. I was about to reveal one of the Oh, to maybe, maybe you don't tell me. A billion times. Now we uh, one that we haven't hit a billion times, but um we would really love to do a tableware capsule with um the now deceased Mercamoras. Oh, that would be amazing. It's just a regret we have that we never contacted her while she was alive because Uh, it was a match made in heaven to us. Yes, yeah. Um, So hopefully that's that's a bit of a dream project is to work with her art. I've got, yeah, we've all got a real connection to her art and I got married in one of the, um, there's a restaurant in Melbourne that's just covered in our art. Like she painted all the walls. It was their original restaurant back in the day. But I just love it all. We all just love it all. Yeah. So, you know, that's a bit of a dream project. So hopefully. Well, I hope, I hope that one comes to fruition. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it will. It will. Yeah. 
to the stars. I, I do as well, but um, yeah. we like putting things out to the universe and hoping that they'll. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And do you have mm. any advice for anyone that might be thinking of starting their own business? Um, I think my advice is just do it. Yeah. Um, as we all famously have heard for years through Nike, but just go. <laughs> and what's the worst that could happen is that I guess you lose that amount of seeding money that you put in at the start. But um, I don't know. I think just do it. But our big thing always at Kip has been like, you know, stay reactive and um, say yes to things that maybe don't always like, you know, there's three of us, so we get to go, is this a good idea? And if two people say no, it probably isn't a great idea. Yeah. But if two people say yes, it's possible it is a good idea. So what so, about the one person that says no? Does that suck being the, like, well, one person that says no or do you then sort of get into it? Well, sometimes if you feel quite passionately about the, the thing no. yeah. getting started on, you might push the case a little bit and then someone might go, yeah, actually, I'm going to swap my vote. Let's give it a go. Yes, yeah, okay, um, yeah. But you're the no every day of the week. Like there's that many decisions getting made and it's just like, who thinks we should do this? Yes, yes, okay, cool, let's just do it. Yes, and yeah. So someone is the no all the time and it's never the same person. It's, it's yeah. always different. So, okay. yeah, you just accept it, move on. Yeah, see? Oh, that's so cool. Okay. What does the future look like for Kip and Co and for you personally? Um, oh, it's such a hard question, this one. Oh, I know. Sorry. I, You're almost at the end. I think, like, one of our um, other takeaways through this COVID time was that we probably were at a point where we had outgrown our office and we've decided to, our way forward is that we all try to keep this work-life balance that we're we're working at and don't come into the office. So we're going to keep our office, but everyone's just going to work there maybe two to three days a week. That's cool. Keep up the working from home two to three days. So I think that's a way forward for us at KIPP. But, um, yeah, I don't know what the future holds. I wonder what would have happened if if COVID hadn't happened. Do you think you maybe would have um, got a bigger workspace? Yes. Yes, well, yeah. funny. Yeah. And it doesn't really get you any extra money or happiness, really. Like no, getting a bigger it. space or extra people, you know, this will be so much more beneficial. Oh, we're all big believers of just get your job done. And if you want to do it between, you know, whatever hours you want to do it in, just do it in those. Whatever suits your family. If you're like really want to keep up, drop off and pick up every day yeah. with your kids. Do that and then just work the gap in between and then that means that you probably might work a little bit at night or, um, yeah, we just, we're big believers in flexible work environments and through this we've realised we went to everyone and said, does everyone want to come back to the office or do you all want to keep up your home offices? And everyone, except for one girl actually, everyone said that they wanted to um, keep up this kind of split between Oh, that's so funny. Why did she want to come in? She's probably got annoying, annoying people. Like butterfly. I, and I think, yeah, some people really want to be amongst, especially yeah. if you're single or you didn't have kids. Like I just want to be among, around people, I think. Yeah. 
I just think it's a great chance to, you know, just have a better balance and not waste time in cars. Yeah. And, you know, do yoga that morning and um, have your breakfast out and do a little bit of work and then go and, I don't know, I just think it's a, I think working from home, you know, in the past when you're younger, you sort of see it as a chance to kind of slack off that day and um, just work a little bit and, you know, kind of have a day off. But now that we've all done it for such a big chunk of time, we've realised that um, it's not that at all. You can work at home and, yeah. Yeah, it's been a learning curve for us on that one. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, you ready for the jumbled mix bag? <laughs> okay, do you make your bed in the morning? Yes, that's a new thing through COVID for me. Oh, you didn't before? But now I pull it up and make it nice every day. Oh. I still did it a lot, but just not every day. Yeah. And do your kids make their bed every day? No. Mm. No. Mm. And I just pull it up. I don't yeah. Know. Who cares? Yeah. What's the best piece of advice that someone's ever given you? God, I'm not very good at this one, but um, I think I learned at a really young age from someone that just to not worry about the things that are out of your control. Yeah. And it's a really easy one to say out loud, but if you can actually practice it, mm. it's really, yeah, I'm trying hard. I've tried my, my whole life really hard to do that one. Yeah, that's good. It's hard to hear those important ones. Yeah. And, but then to take notice of it. Okay. If you're a piece of clothing, what would you be? Um, probably an old pair of jeans. Like, Oh, no, you wouldn't. Wouldn't you put something more? I know. I want to say it's, something glamorous. It's but... so trendy and cool. You'd, you'd make those really daggy old pants look really cool. They're probably super cool anyway. Tell me one thing that I wouldn't know about you. Um, every morning, every single morning, I do a cold plunge down in the ocean. Do you? I go in, I only go under four times. Well, we've just, I've, I started it at the start of March. Yeah. But I missed one day in that whole time. And yeah. And you just, do, what, um, you dunk your head under, times. you dunk your head under four times? Yeah. Why so, four? Well, I started at one and I built it up to four. Oh, I reckon you could go more than four then. You've been doing it for a while. It's like nine degrees through winter here. In, oh, in true. Oh, my God. Yeah, totally. Freezing. Totally. Yeah. But um, it's been really life-changing for me. I've just loved it. And, yeah, it's just really awesome. Oh. Something to do. You've got to, if you've got water near you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh. It's so cold here in winter. Like it snowed last mm-hmm. week. It is so cold here in Lonnie. And through yeah. winter, very. But um, sorry, it's not cold through summer. But through winter, it's really cold. We live in like a windy little beach town. Yeah. Um, and there's a group of women, and they're all they'd all be like north of seventy years old. Yeah. And they all get in every morning. They're called the mermaids. The mermaids. <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. And they do a massive swim. Like they swim about one point two k's. See, it's amazing. Everyone that whenever you go to the beach and you see those people that do do that every day, I think they always look so well. Yeah, they look must be so good for you. It's like a religious experience, like diving into the cold water. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah, dam here. I don't know if dams are as appealing as um. Have you got a pool in the ocean? 
No, I've got an infinity pond. Oh. But no, won't be long enough. Well, it's not in yet, so we'll wait and see. But um, yeah, yeah. You might be able to jump. Cool. Yeah, maybe. What would you tell your younger self if you could teleport back in time? Uh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit, um, I was going to say highly strung. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but probably relax a bit more. Uh, No, it's not the right word for what I'm like, but I can be quite intense. Yeah. Um, So I think it's just like, relax. Yeah. That's good. That's good advice. My friends would be like, are you serious? Like you can't relax any further than what you're doing down there. in <laughs> But, um, but yeah, it'd probably just be like, just chill out. Chill. What to you makes a house a home? Um, just uh, our house is just filled with so many things that we've bought over the years. We've always bought art at special occasions and, um, bought little things at every market all over the world and loved heavy things back from every trip we've ever been mm. on. Um, and so I think just if your house is like a fabric of all your life experiences and stuff, like that's a home to me. Yeah. Um, when it's filled with, you know, things that you love, but things from, yeah, different points in your life. So Why is it that when you're travelling, you yeah. buy the heaviest stupidest biggest stuff that you think will fit in your bag and you get it back to your hotel room and you're like oh my god how did I ever think that was going to fit in or you turn up at the airport with a light fitting that's like yeah I know where are you putting that on under the undercarriage of course it's expensive I know gosh if you could only eat one thing for the rest of your life what would it be oh god um Probably like pineapple or something, like a fruit. Oh. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. choose pizza or something. A what? I wouldn't choose pizza or something. No, no, no. Pineapple's nice. Okay. Yeah. And if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing? Um, I think genuinely I'd probably just do the housewife mum thing. Like yeah. I love spending time with my kids and I, yeah, I look at the mums doing that and I'm, I'm kind of really envious some days. Yeah. So I They're think, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't Yeah, I think, well, you always think you're at the, it's always greener on the other side, isn't it? Or whatever that famous saying is. But um, yeah, I I don't know. I probably just hang out with the kids every day. Yeah. Oh. Try to turn my husband into somehow not working. <laughs> How are you going to pay for things in this life? That you- oh, he says that to me. You would have, you would have won Lotto. Or Salt yeah. Kip and Co for squillions of dollars and you can just travel the world. And That's a nice idea. Just find a survivor. Thanks, Kip. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Oh. Thank you so much for this. Like, it's been such a nice chat and taking the time out to do it because I just I love Kip and Co and I always have and I'm just, like, totally inspired by you girls and it's great. Thank you. you. No, it's a real pleasure to be here and, you know, we think the same of you, so. Oh, lovely. Hi. 
Hey, thank you so much for listening and sharing a glass of bubbles with us. Please subscribe if you want to hear more and share it with all your kick-ass businesswomen friends. So until next time, stay fabulous.